And good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the historic Linwood Theater podcast. It's coming attractions. Today is, believe it or not, the first day of August. <laughs> wow, we're here already. And yeah, it's still warm outside and it's beautiful. And uh, there are as many tourists here, not only in uh, Linwood Center, but in Winslow, as I have ever seen here on our lovely rock. Got some interesting news to share with you today. But first, let's get right down to the nitty and gritty, the brass tacks of the matter, and talk about the times that you can come and see Oppenheimer live on the big screen at the HLT. Uh, it's the same schedule we've had for the last. 10 days, 320, 320, and 7 o'clock, 1900 hours, Monday through Friday. Then we add a matinee on Saturday and Sunday at 1145, which has been very popular, by the way. I actually didn't think it would fly to this lofty elevation, but it has, and uh, there it is. 11.45 and 3.20 and 7 o'clock. Three shows on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, any questions? You can always call me here at 206-451-4336. We've been taking a number of calls about the, the playing times, open caption dates, uh, price of popcorn, and so forth and so on. So if you have anything, uh, you can call me there, go old school on the landline or you can make a comment on our facebook page or our instagram site or you can show up and uh, ask me in person however i will apologize up front uh, for my uh, lack of time available lack of available time to discuss well the movie and all things that uh, are connected to it and more on that in just a moment uh, because we've been so busy so with uh, two of us trying to hustle and bustle and get everybody fixed up with concessions and comfortably seated in the auditorium so you don't miss any of the commercials trailers that's seven minutes folks uh, you know that it is our way that we don't do a lengthy pre-run into the feature. We want to get after it so that uh, you can get about your day. And um, with a three-hour biopic epic, uh, that means that we have precious little time between shows to clean the auditorium, uh, restock our shelves, get ready to go, uh, say goodbye to the people that have just been knocked out by the impact of the show and converse briefly and welcome those that are coming in for the next show. There's precious little time to do that. So I apologize right now for not having my usual time to talk about the details, the intricacies, uh, the plot lines, uh, you know, some of the techniques that Nolan uses, and certainly its impact on the audience and our society, because there are issues here that transcend both. Uh, it, it's just a fabulous ride, and that three hours uh, goes by PDQ pretty dang quick. So um, I was just mentioning that, uh, as you know, one of my favorite things to do is find some type of a connection between our current feature and our lovely home in the Salish Sea. <laughs> and I've been successful in the past of making all types of connections, some of them um, on the nose, others a bit stretchy. And uh, this one, when it started out 10 days ago, I had one of our regulars ask us, okay, hotshot, so uh, what is the connection between Oppenheimer and Bambridge Island? And you will recall that at that time, I jokingly said, me. He looked askance, askew, and then finally asked, what are you talking about? And I said, well, you know, you maybe you don't know 
probably you don't know, as many people don't know, that uh, I spent uh, all of the first year of the lockdown pandemic, uh, <laughs> both here and at my desk, uh, writing a screenplay that shares subject matter with our current feature of Oppenheimer. Yes, Jay Robert was a player in my screenplay, not a major character, but he had a minor role, as did the Manhattan Project, and as did Leslie Groves and Harry Truman and everybody else that was involved with uh, that particular time. My main antagonist was a Japanese fighter pilot who just happens to still stand as the only uh, aviator that has ever dropped bombs on the contiguous United States during a time of war. Okay, so I wrote a uh, screenplay about this guy, and uh, Oppenheimer had to show up. Interestingly enough, a number of my visions when I was writing that screenplay have also shown up in Christopher Nolan's work. I was... Mm, interested in how that came to reality. And uh, after all this time and in a number of dialogues with uh, our local uh, panel of independent filmmakers, come to find out it is and can be condensed into one word, coincidence. <laughs> okay, so I'm no longer going to sue Christopher Nolan for plagiarism. So that's out of the picture. And now I'm just completely honored that the both of us would have such similar takes, visions on the events of that day and age. All right. So it was with amazement and joy that yesterday, as I was cleaning the auditorium, a person that had just seen the early matinee come running down the theater and saying, I found it. I found it. I said, oh, you must have dropped your phone or your keys or your wallet or some change on the floor. No, I thought that I recognized one of the actors in the show. Um, okay, well, I recognize a lot of them. You know, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr. is kind of difficult at first, but uh, she says, no, 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 no. The guy that played Oppenheimer's brother, I said, Frank? She says, yes. Well, what about him? The guy that plays him grew up on Bainbridge. Hmm. What? I dropped my broom in surprise. You're kidding. No, and here it is. His name is, wait for it, his name is Dylan Arnold. And he grew up on Bainbridge, and I'm pretty sure he graduated from Bainbridge. I went, oh my goodness, well, I have to check this out. She had to leave. By this time, the patrons for the next show were already coming in the auditorium. I had Cherry working at the uh, concession stand, taking tickets. So um, here they come. I'm only halfway done cleaning up, but now I'm, I'm totally consumed with finding out the details. Well, yes, Dylan Arnold uh, while I can't confirm that he was born on Bainbridge, because as you know, a lot of times if you go to Wikipedia, it will say born in Seattle. So I guess we're still a bedroom community, although we're separated by a huge body of water. <clears throat> anyway, uh, he was born in 1994. Come to find out that he transferred from Bainbridge in his sophomore year and then went to the University of North Carolina School of Arts. Uh, while he was here, had several memorable performances with the BPA. He was the star of The Wizard of Oz. I 
star, I don't know. I don't know what part he played, but probably it wasn't Dorothy. Uh, but also in The Secret Garden. And uh, when his family uh, relocated to L.A., he went to Burbank High School. He met another Islander by the name of Dove Cameron. And perhaps some of you music fans know of her. She is an actress and, and a singer and has appeared in a, a number of daytime TV shows and actually Emmy-awarded daytime shows. So the two of them, Dylan Arnold and Dove Cameron, have connections with Bainbridge Island and the connection to Oppenheimer. There you go. I found that as interesting and as intriguing as anything I've had in the in the last, oh, I don't know, week. Uh, a lot of interesting things have been going down. A lot of exciting things have taken place, but uh, none of them compared with this. So Dylan Arnold and Dove Cameron, Bamber, former Bambridge Islanders, involved with each other going to school at uh, Burbank in Southern California, and then with Dylan uh, appearing as Frank Oppenheimer on the big screen. I can't wait to see it again to see this guy because, you know, obviously I was here and. Um, while he probably didn't play baseball or wasn't a member of my uh, spin classes, it's uh, always fun to see if somebody uh, locally ending up uh, on the big screen. Somebody that has probably been here and seen a number of shows and then coming back so that others can be here and watch his skills and talent on the screen. I find that phenomenal. Okay, let's go over the schedule one more time and uh, that will be it for today. It's going to be a shortened version because I have so much to do. Folks, it has just uh, depleted our supplies. You've bought so much popcorn and so much soda and so much candy and and uh, been having so much fun here that we've had to scramble to replace them because remember here at the HLT the historic Linwood theater it's all about the experience and two things as a footnote to that one is when it gets really really busy when we go through the the rush period when one movie has ended and another is about to start and we only have 25 minutes between the shows it gets pretty hectic in and around Around the concession stand where we also sell tickets. So my words of advice to you are, A, know what you want, okay? So you're going to come in and there's four of you. Tell me up front. Tell us up front. Two adults, two seniors, okay? Conversely, two military, two adults, one senior, okay? And then go right into the popcorn. We have three sizes, small, medium, and large. We have same with the soda, small, medium, and large. So by the time that you hit, by the time that your place in line gets to Cherry, Carrie, or myself, you should be able to do this. <clears throat> two adults, two medium popcorns with butter, and two diet Pepsis. Please, <laughs> Okay, instead of standing there and looking at the boards and looking around for help and asking a bunch of questions to your partners or your family or your friends or your team, have all that ready to go. That way we economize, we make more efficient the process of moving 
from left to right, from the till, from the terminal, past the popcorn machine, and to the counter space where we fulfill your order. That should just flow nicely, and we should be able to handle 100, 125, 150 people efficiently and effectively and appropriately inside of our available time, 25 minutes between shows. I hope this isn't asking too much. And further, this is uh, B, if you have pre-purchased your tickets uh, via our website or Fandango or the, the VZ site and uh, you have them on your phone, remember that the downtown Linwood cell reception is, well, horrendous at best. You can use our in-house uh, Wi-Fi to call that up or you can just uh, have it ready to go on your phone or you can have the printed copy with the barcode. This makes it real easy. So instead of you standing in front of the terminal and fumbling through your iPhone trying to find the barcode because of our shoddy uh, downtown cellular reception, you can use our Wi-Fi. So if you're looking at whomever is handling the, the ticket sales, the transaction, over their right shoulder, you will see a uh, small little sign that says Wi-Fi, and it will give you the password and the username, and you'll be able to take it from there. Okay, so with those two things, you know, have your online receipt ready to go for scanning, and then B, knowing who you are, your age, what type of ticket you're buying, and what type of concessions in what numbers and what sizes makes our job a lot easier, and it'll cut down a lot of the frustration. That way, I will have the opportunity to talk with you both coming and going. And won't that make your day more fun? <laughs> I hope it does. And I apologize up front if uh, in the heat of battle when things get a little bit uh, busy and testy and it's chaotic and pandemonium and chaos seem to be ruling the day. Uh, if I get a little, uh, shall I say short, I apologize up front for that. Nothing personal. It's just the amount of business. Okay, a couple of other notes. One is I need to thank a number of other people who have verbally commented upon uh, the past issues of the uh, commentary of the podcast. And uh, I would like to point out that uh, I was not alone in getting Oppenheimer here. Uh, I perhaps may have uh, referred to the effort to the LKD, Let Kevin Decide campaign, as being uh, only brought to fruition responsible at the hand of one person, I-E-E-G, me. Well, that's not the case. Uh, Janet went to bat for us. Janet is our uh, bookkeeper and uh, operations manager, and she does a fabulous job wearing all of those hats. You can imagine what a, uh, a challenge that job is. We have uh, eight other theaters, I believe at last count, eight other theaters, uh, one in Bremerton, one in West Seattle, one up in Stanwood, short line all over the place and she is the uh, operations manager for all of those she is a busy person and she took time out of her day to make a call to our agent and i believe to big jeff uh, in on behalf of us and making sure that we received oppenheimer before the pavilion so that was important that was huge i believe that the 10 days worth of uh participatory numbers at the box office has proven that to be 
the right call. So thank you, Janet. Thank you, Emily. Thank you, Big Jeff. Thank you, Jeff at the um, uh, Bambridge Cinemas for helping out with some of our supplies. That's reciprocal. Uh, if we run out of popcorn bags and you run out of diet soda, then uh, we're here to help. It's uh, one team, one fight, one effort. And uh, we appreciate um, all the help that we get in putting on the best performance that we possibly can for you. One more time then for the Showtime's Oppenheimer. Rated R runs three hours, almost on the button, plays at 3.20 and 7 o'clock, Monday through Friday. And on the weekends, Saturday and Sunday, it plays at 11.45, 3.20 and 7 o'clock. That is all for today, folks. Boy, I hope you come out and, and watch this one. Um, I, I am just gushing over its uh, overall effect. It is a fabulous film by a master storyteller. And just to give you an idea how much I appreciate um, uh, Christopher Nolan's talents, I am now very much tuned into his uh, musical cues so that when I hear, as an example, uh, a smaller explosion and the sound of pouring rain, whatever I'm doing in, in the office or uh, behind the scenes in the stock room or at the concession stands or making popcorn or cleaning up from the prior rush, I will stop that, open the curtains and go in the auditorium to watch the detonation of the Trinity test. And that sequence, uh, in case you're wondering why, is a master class on how to create tension in a scene. It is phenomenal. And for those of you that have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. It's not a spoiler because you know that, yes, they tested the Trinity at the Manhattan Project at Los Alamos, Alamogordo, and uh, it is an incredible scene. The only other scene in the history of cinema that I can compare it with is in The Godfather, Don Corleone, in Vito Corleone's botched assassination attempt. You remember with Fredo fumbling with the gun and the oranges, this metaphor rolling, and the gangster Salado's thugs that were chasing down The Godfather. That, up until this movie, the uh, detonation sequence in Oppenheimer, was my all-time favorite scene. And for those of you that agree, you're going to love this one. For those of you that really aren't following exactly what I'm talking about, just pay attention. When it starts raining, <laughs> pay attention. Okay, that's it for today, folks. Thanks, as always, uh, for listening and tuning into the show. It's Kevin at the Historic Linwood Theater Podcast. It's a coming attractions version. It's the 1st of August. Hoorah! Hoorah! <laughs>